Welcome to episode three of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan and this is Evan, and we're here to have a beer and talk about some games. I've been playing video games this week. Oh yeah? Surprising. Hmm. I have uh I have two. Not as much as I would have liked, had a busy week, but I did um I did get to get some gaming in. Uh but before we talk about the games, I guess, let's talk about the the brews. Yeah. What uh what you drinking? Um, I'm drinking, or I'm continuing our, my Christmas tradition of just finishing off the mini Christmas beers that I collected. So yeah. I'm going with, uh, Port City Brewing Company. It's called Tidings. Uh, and this is the first time I've had it. It says Belgian style ale brewed with honey and spices. Oh yeah. Sounds, sounds tasty. So I'll give you my first impressions. Okay. I've got, um. Uh... I've got a good old Devil's Backbone from right here in Virginia. Vienna? And, uh, yeah, Vienna Lager. It's a classic. It is. I, I enjoy Vienna on many occasions. Yeah. One of my favorites. Oh, well, now that we got the brews out of the way, how about we talk about some games? Yeah. What you been playing this week? Uh, so I got a chance to finish up Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. After a 15-year wait from Kingdom Hearts 2 or something like that, Kingdom Hearts 3 has been completed. I have finished it, and my feelings are positive. Mm, Uh, Sounded like a question. Not as happy as I expected, but I'll get into that, I guess. Uh, Let me start with the story. Uh, In case you didn't know, Kingdom Hearts kind of has you jumping between Disney worlds. So, in the old games, you would have to do things like seal the heart of the world. That was your mission of the game, was to go to each of these worlds and seal the heart of the world so that the Heartless could not get into the world anymore. Yeah. Uh, And 2 was a similar thing. This one, I feel like it has an issue because your mission is just to find the power of waking. Okay. And... That's all they say. Like, Sora, you can't do these missions yet because you have to go get stronger because something happened in previous games, yada yada. So you go through these worlds and you just play through these independent stories. So you go through the Kingdom of Corona, which is from Tangled. And that one, you just play through the story of Tangled. And characters show up, like the bad guy characters show up and they influence the the world but you don't really get anything from it there's no big revelations from it ever you see characters that you haven't seen for a while sometimes but that's about it so i felt like the whole first three quarters of the game can kind of feel a little aimless yeah which is a problem because once you're about four four or five worlds in you kind of start to question what you're doing Mm. and why you're doing it that's not to say that the stories that they tell in some of the worlds aren't amazing um especially the toy box which is the toy story world they tell an immaculate story with those characters and it's not just a retelling of toy story uh it's almost like a pseudo sequel okay and 
it's just an amazing story. And I just wish that there was some through line that made it not just a standalone story, but to connect into what was happening in a more important way. So it kind of felt uh, disconnected from the universe? Yeah, which is weird because you have more of the bad guys of the universe imposing themselves onto these worlds. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going there to find bad guys. It's not like I'm going to go defeat the bad guy here because I know they're here. You're going to find the power of waking, whatever that means. Uh, so it kind of loses the, the, the thread a little bit. But I will say once it does hit those big moments that you've been promised over the past five games or so, those moments land really big. Uh, there's some there's some moments that I almost stood up out of my chair and like had to throw a controller because I'm just so excited to see these original characters that they've built up over five games finally get these reunions and these these big character triumphs. That, that sounds awesome. We've been wanting them to have forever, and it it is very awesome. It's 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 why I play video games is to have moments of of awe. Yeah, and they do those, but then comes another problem where the the big villains that they've been building up over these games and through this whole game can sometimes feel empty when it comes to the difficulty of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm playing on normal. I'm not playing on the hard mode, uh, and. Unlike Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I feel like the boss fights aren't as unique. Uh, There's boss fights in Kingdom Hearts 2 that I remember, like, greatly. Uh, There's a fight with Zigbar, who's a character, if you know Kingdom Hearts, and he has two guns, like laser guns. And it is one of the most frantic, fast boss fights that I've ever been a part of. And it's just so memorable. Yeah. And And the boss fights here are fine, but... They don't really land the big moments Hmm. like you want them to. They don't feel this epic, uh, grandiose thing that you hope they do. Yeah. And part of that can come down to the combat, which I had a hard time getting used to to the blocking and to everything that comes with defense, and it never quite clicked with me. It always felt kind of loose, and I was never quite sure if I could block during an attack, if I could cancel the attack and block or like I never quite figured out the 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 defense which is a problem yeah uh and I'm not I'm not a stranger to third person action so you really want a a solid grasp on your defensive capabilities and you know when you can use them and you know when you can uh pull them out when you need to and mm-hmm. I never got down that ability in this game so the boss fights kind of felt mashy at a point because you just had to hope you weren't going to get murdered and hope that the block worked. Yeah. Uh, that could be a problem with me, but it, it just never felt right as a person who thoroughly enjoyed the feeling of it in Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm-hmm. And um, that, was that, that was that floaty combat you were talking about before, right? Yeah, it's floaty, but at least in Kingdom Hearts 2, I felt like I had this idea or this knowledge of when a block could work. Um, or when a dodge would work better. Yeah. And this one, I'm, they're almost interchangeable, and dodges are more useful because you know when they come out, but like you don't get counters off a dodge. It's, it's weird, and it's difficult. Uh, it's a difficult feeling to have because you feel bad at the game, even though you know you're fine. Um, 
that along with the fact that when you're fighting just general fodder, like Sora feels really overpowered. Uh, he's so strong that normal enemies don't give you any difficulty. Um, it's, it's a, it, it never lives up to what Kingdom Hearts 2 was. And this, uh, compounded with the fact that they don't have a critical mode, which is like the super, super hard mode from Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Uh, it kind of leaves you with this feeling of emptiness that you didn't like succeed in the way that you did in the previous Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. The The visuals look great. I think this is a, an amazing looking game. Uh, all the art styles of the Disney worlds feel really good. Monsters, Inc. struggles a little bit with the fur physics on uh, Sully. Yeah. But that's that's you can look over that pretty Small easily or I yeah. could. Uh, the combat effects, like the particle effects are immaculate. I think it's some of the best looking stuff I've ever seen when it comes to particle physics. Uh, it's just, it's a really beautiful game. And I wish, I wish that it had the feeling of depth that Kingdom Hearts 2 had. And it's just this kind of letdown that's a little disappointing almost. But I enjoyed the story. I think the story's worth seeing. I think they do a good job when they do finally get to the original character stories and you're not just going through the Disney world. I think that some of the Disney worlds are great and some of them are just meh. Uh, Toy Story is amazing. Uh, The scale of going through this three-story toy store is phenomenal. And it is easily the best part of that game. Do you do you know how many Disney worlds there are? Uh, they've showed all of them, so this isn't a spoiler. Uh, but there are seven. Um, okay. how many it, of those have like never been in a Kingdom Hearts before? Six, okay. I believe. No, five. Five wow. of them have not been. Uh, and that's part of the new, uh, Disney princesses. So Frozen's in it. Tangled's in it. And then Pixar, they finally got, so they have Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story, and they got Big Hero 6 this time, which is a okay. really cool world. Yeah, I guess that probably adds a little bit of a layer to it. Um, you know, probably just being exciting, just seeing those worlds in Kingdom Hearts for the oh, that's, time. Oh, that's half the fun of Kingdom Hearts, is yeah. seeing these fun worlds. I still remember in Kingdom Hearts 1 going to Deep Jungle, which is Tarzan's world. Yeah. Uh, I I played it recently, but I can I can remember that level so deeply just in my core from how much I played those games and how much I love those games. And you get those feelings again here of just being able to explore uh, someplace new that's also familiar because you know the Disney worlds that they're taking place in. Right. Uh, so I, I recommend it. If you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you've already played it. Uh, if you're not a Kingdom Hearts fan, you're probably just eyes glazed over at this point. But uh, if you, if you like Kingdom Hearts... Thing? <laughs> Uh, depends on your feelings of Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I think this is something that should be talked about. Uh, and it's something that means a lot to me, so I do want to talk about it. And I hope, I I know there are people out there that do care. Yeah. No, for sure. So that's it for Kingdom Hearts. We did it. All right. Kingdom Hearts 3 is over. Done. Definitely never gonna be another Kingdom Hearts. Is that sarcasm? It was very much sarcasm. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Uh, I think you were gonna you were gonna talk about your time with Anthem. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got some time with Anthem. 
Um, I did uh, beat it this week, the main story. There's still a little bit of in-game left to do, um, and I will do my best to talk about it without spoiling, um, but if there if there are any spoilers, I apologize, and I will do my best to warn before I mention anything. Um, but I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with this game in a strong way. Um, I really like Anthem. I really like it, but I wanted to love it really bad. And there's a lot of good, a lot of fun in that game. The combat is super fun, but also has some really frustrating moments, um, which is probably honestly my biggest frustration with the game. So first, okay, after last week, I had played it a little bit when we talked, but as I played more, I was experiencing um, these load screens more frequently, which we had already talked about. There's a lot of them and they take a long time, um, but it was it was to a point where a load screen would take five minutes and wow. I would spend like it felt like 15 minutes in load screens to play a mission because there's so many. And then the mission only took 10 to 15 minutes to begin with because the early missions are kind of short. That's crazy. And that wasn't a good feeling. Um, I did end up moving the game over to my solid state drive. I don't typically do that because the difference is so minor most of the time. But in this game, it made a huge difference. It reduced my load times to more like 30 seconds, sometimes maybe a little bit longer than that, but definitely much more tolerable. Once I did that, that complaint was essentially gone for me. I still think it needs to be addressed, but um, either way. Uh, the, the game is fun. The combat's fun, but the combat also has some really frustrating moments. And that is my next really biggest complaint by the end of this game, especially when you're fighting the Titans, um, which they like launch fireballs at you. And sometimes they one of their attacks, they like, um, they like ground pound. And then there's like waves of fire that in rings that go, comes by and they'll catch you on fire and take your shields out and stuff. And then they have an attack where, the, like a fireball appears next to you and you just have to dodge out of the way um, to dodge it before it explodes. Um, so the frustration was primarily, it was amplified in those Titan fights because they have really bad hitboxes. So like a fireball will appear next to you and you'll dodge it. And then like a second later, you'll still catch fire. Um, and that was a serious issue. One, the status effects are really annoying in this game and I'm okay that they're punishing, but um, I feel like maybe when, when you're attacking like scars that have shields, which is one of the enemy type scars, um, they, they won't take elemental status effects unless their shields are gone. And, uh, I wish it was the same for you because you'll have full shields, but you'll still catch on fire. And that's really annoying because when you catch on fire, your shields are gone and they won't recharge. You're overheated. So you can't fly. And then your, um, your health is also being incrementally drained. Status effects will never kill you, they, but they'll take your health all the way down to a sliver, and then it doesn't take anything else. Pretty much anything will kill you at that point. And it just happens so frequently where you're dodging these attacks, but you still get hit by them, and the hitboxes just don't make sense. It's super annoying. And then the other thing is, like, when, you, when you're fighting them, they also have these elemental enemies that come after you, that little ads. <clears throat> and the ads... You're focused on them because they're going to cause real problems for you because they're going to catch you on fire or, or uh, prime you with acid or, or electricity or whatever it may be, ice. And um, <clears throat> you're focused on them so you can try and clear out the battlefield a little bit before you uh, start focusing on the Titan. And while you're doing that, the Titan's launching fireballs at you, then there's no indicator that you're about to get hit. So you end up getting hit by a fireball 
And it's just, that was eternally annoying. Really, really frustrating. It's going to make the hard difficulties in this game not fun at all until that's addressed. Um, but that's probably my biggest gripe with this game. Uh, other than that, when the combat's working right and when you're not fighting Titans, it's really fun. Like, a lot of fun. But Have um, you, have you uh, hit the in-game section yet? So, so I haven't hit in-game because another weird thing is I finished the story... But at the end of the story, there you're not at level 30, which is the cap. You're at, I was at like 21 or 22. Everybody's at a different spot depending on how much free play. But I was at like 22, I think. Yeah. And uh, so I still have a little ways to go. I haven't even unlocked my fourth javelin yet. I did find myself primarily playing as the interceptor for like the whole game, even though it was like storm, storm all the way. Um, because the interceptor is so agile, fast, and the melee attacks are nasty, and the the different abilities he had that I got just ended up being really good for priming and detonating uh, over and over again. And um, and then I later on, which the game never ex- really explains to you, at least it tries, but it doesn't do a good job, that you can actually triple dash. So like if you hold the dash button, you can dash three times rapidly. I'm pretty sure they can all do that, but I discovered it with uh, interceptor and like use the crap out of it. Um, so I've recently, now that I've beaten the game, I've started grinding with my Colossus to try and get some better gear for him um, and uh, try to try to have some fun with him. But let me uh, let me go to my thoughts on the story. Um, spoiler free thoughts is what I'm going to do here. But okay, it was it was good, but that's about it. It was good. So there were some characters that they actually did do a good job developing and getting you attached to. Um, and having like an investment in what happens to them. But there's only a few of those. Um, there were some twists I didn't see coming, uh, which is always good. Um, well, almost always. But uh, in this case, it was good. Um, and there were moments, though, where it's like, man, you could have you done a lot more with that because you got me emotionally invested in this or emotionally invested in that. And then you didn't do anything with it. And that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, but overall, by the end of the game, I was... I was like, that was good. You know, if you want to compare it to Destiny, since everyone seems to want to, um, even though that's more of a gun-focused game and this is more of ability-focused, you can kind of compare them as the looter shooters that they are in sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it was way better than Destiny 1 story and a lot worse than Destiny 2. But I actually like Destiny 2, so I know a lot of people didn't, but I actually thought Destiny 2's story was, was really good. Yeah, I I haven't jump back into anthem uh it just didn't grab me enough to pull me back in and away from other games i was finishing uh i did take in some anthem content though uh they released the original soundtrack for anthem uh which was composed which was composed by sarah shackner i think is how you pronounce her name uh, this soundtrack is beautiful. I don't, I don't take time to listen to video game soundtracks generally, but I found myself on like a short road trip recently, and I just turned on the anthem soundtrack because I love the the theme song for Anthem. Yeah, which uses that really crazy like voice voice synth. Uh, and I thought it was so unique the the way it sounded that I had to listen to the album and oh my, if anything has pulled me back into Anthem, it is the soundtrack because it's just so 
emotional and it's it just it feels like it tells its story yeah just I love with a good the music man yeah uh if you if you get a chance to just not you jordan but those listening if you get a chance to listen to even a few songs legion of dawn is the theme song for anthem its synth is amazing and also valor and strong alone stronger together those yeah. three songs just i was driving in a car and it literally like makes you want to pound out these these punchy beats that are coming through and it's such a interesting mix of synth and or- orchestral music uh it is it is awesome and awe-inspiring and uh all all credit to the composer i think yeah. that is it's such a it's such a good piece of work uh it ju- it just touched me in that way so anthem anthem has affected me positively That's uh, good. in the recent days so i still have to play a lot of the in game uh i i've played two out of the three strongholds that are there because one of them is bugged every time i went into it the boss would not spawn um and for some reason the boss was right at the beginning i'm not sure if it's supposed to be that way or if that's just a bug but um i uh i still have to go back and do that one but once i've done that there's not a whole lot left um so it's going to be kind of redoing things to get to level 30 which i feel like is kind of poor planning you should probably make your level cap kind of close to the content that you have yeah. um, would make more sense to me. But they have released a roadmap um, of new content that's going to be coming. Uh, and I, they've also released two updates, which have helped tremendously with loading screens. Um, from what I hear, mine haven't really changed on the SSD, but um, at least that I've noticed. But I have heard that a lot of other people's load times have uh, increased by a lot. Um, <clears throat> but anyway... That's Anthem. I really enjoyed my time with it, um, but it took a little bit more patience than it should have to get that far. And I can understand why your average person is maybe not super excited about this. I think this game had too much hype behind it for Mm. what they delivered. It probably could have used another year of development at least um, to really live up. Have Have you played any of the former Bioware games? I've played the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, Well, I say that I never finished Mass Effect 3 because the truth is I I played through them, but Mass Effect was never really my kind of game. I know I might get some hate for that, but it wasn't. Um, I enjoyed the gameplay, but it was just so much lore that felt tedious to get through. I never really delved into that world too deep. Oh, gosh, Jordan, you're going to get us hate mail. Uh, Evan (laughs) Evan loves the Mass Effect trilogy, and he thinks it's great, so don't don't hate mail me please <laughs> yes evan does love it um and a lot of my friends love it and that's a lot of the recommendations i went on when i played it um i just i just struggled to get into it i really appreciate what's there but i struggled to get into it a little bit but i still played um all the way through shoot i don't think i played one i think i started with two two's good and maybe that's the problem i don't know but uh two i enjoyed a lot three got to a point where i felt like it was taking forever and there was too many side missions and i don't know it was too tedious and there's probably other things i wanted to play at the time so it just wasn't getting there for me but that's again just one man's opinion so i asked if you had played the former bioware games because i'm wondering if you think that bioware was the best developer to take on this kind of game so I don't know. That's that's a tough question for me to answer. Um, yeah. 
I don't have a problem with Bioware taking on this game. Um, I don't know where the idea for this game came from. It may have come from Bioware, and if it did, I, then I it's hope theirs, it was. You know, I would yeah. imagine so. Then it's theirs, and they're the ones to 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 create it. I think the world yeah. they've created is amazing, um, and I'm really excited and hopeful that they're going to do something really good with it. But if you ask me right now, should I go buy this game? I'm I'm probably gonna tell you to hold off a little longer. Um, because it's just it's just not a full game. It's not a done game yet. It's not completed. Um, yeah. But I, like I said, I really enjoyed my time with it. But it's unfortunate. I wish you could give that a, a wholehearted recommendation because I yeah. wanted to also be able to give it that. I I think if I had to actually rate it from one to ten, I'd I'd probably I'd probably give it a, a seven point nine, which is sevens. which is a really good but not great. Yeah. Um, and that may be being a little generous, um, but that's like if I were to rate it personally, if I was a little less biased, it's probably a seven. That's not bad. Yeah. I, w- I wish that game was better. That game had me too. written all over it. And like I said, I still I still have hope that it's going to be. I don't think they're going to drop it. I think they're going to continue to work on it, continue to uh, update it and bring new new content to it. I, I looked at that roadmap and I, I thought to myself, I'll probably get you later. Yeah. Anthem. Yeah when they've figured some stuff out. Uh, my looter shooter of choice is going into open beta next week, so I'm uh, yeah, excited about two, that. Man. Division 2. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that one's going to learn from the mistakes of the first one to be better than the first one. Uh, but I have one more game before we get to news. Uh, this is a game from last year uh, that I picked up on Xbox Games with Gold. Uh, and it's Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Okay. Uh, there is a game coming out in the summer called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, I believe. And that's like a Metroidvania harking, harkening back to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, which is everybody's like quintessential go-to uh, Metroidvania title. Uh, Everyone loves Symphony of the Night, but before Symphony of the Night came out, uh, Castlevania was making level-based 2D side-scrollers, and that would be like Castlevania, Castlevania, Simon's Quest, that kind of stuff, Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Uh, So the creator of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night surprised his Kickstarter backers with Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. He just kind of released it one day, and... This one is a throwback to those earlier Castlevania games, which are level-based, very difficult, very punishing. Uh, And these are, I guess, a swan song or a a love letter to those games. Uh, So I've never played those games. I have no sort of reverence for those games. Uh, But playing Curse of the Moon just felt so right. I don't know what he did to make that game, but there's something about that game that feels so old, yet so very modern. Uh, It's in the graphical style of those old games, so it's nothing graphically revolutionary. But you start out as this samurai-type character who just has like a short, like straightforward sword attack. Uh, He's kind of basic, but as you progress through the game, you get more characters that you can switch between during the levels. So this game is built on 
branching paths through the level that all end up at the same place, but different paths will have different power-ups, like uh, stronger melee, stronger defense, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And to get to some of the extra pathways, you have to have one of the character's abilities. So, uh, though, I'm going to call her Whip Lady because I don't know the names, uh, can like do sort of a, a low slide forward that can get you into tighter spaces. And there's a character that turns into a bat, a la uh, some of the old Castlevanias. Um, and he can fly and get over long gaps and stuff. And these level, the level design here is very much based around each of the characters' strengths. So when you're going through it, there's an area where there are a lot of things flying at you from erratic directions, which isn't good for a sword that only goes in one direction, isn't good for a whip that's really long in one direction, uh, but it is good for a wizard who has a spell where he can surround himself with fire and just walk through and destroy anything that touches him. So you start to pick up design, uh, level design choices that are based around these characters, and when you figure it out, and when you can move through these areas easily, it feels really good, and you feel really powerful, and it makes you feel smart, which is important in games for me, because I don't, I don't want developers to feel like I'm a baby that has to be coddled. Yeah. The the trick in this game is uh, you have a life-based system, so it just counts down from whatever your lives are, uh, but you don't lose a life until all four characters are dead. The problem is uh, you can switch between characters during the mission. Once one character loses all their health, you go back to the most recent checkpoint and you have to go again, but the characters don't get their health back if they already lost their health. So now you're going through areas without important characters if you've died and lost them. So do you mean like even the characters who survive don't get their health back to full? Or no, do you mean it stays, you just... it stays where it was. It sta- oh, okay. So kind of like... Uh, kind of like a tag team fighting game where if a character dies, it's kind of... Uh, they switch out and then the new character jumps in, uh, but like the new characters don't get their health back. Um, it's kind of like that. You go back to a checkpoint and you can't switch to the character that died anymore. So now you you've lost the ability to use the wizard that has the magical fire shield. So it's going to make some of the areas a little more difficult. So now you're having to use your your skill to try and navigate these areas in a safe way, in a smart way. Uh, I think they did a great job of making this game have punishing moments, but not feel like the whole game can be cheap, which, uh, from what I gather, is what a lot of the older, uh, of course, NES, SNES-style games did, just because it's coming off of the arcade boon in which they just went your quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a great job of not feeling cheap. Everything is very foreseeable and very avoidable. It's just up to you to avoid it. I did not go into this game thinking that I would hold it in such high reverence and regard. I actually tweeted about it because I think this game is so impressive and so beautifully done uh, in reverence to those older games. Uh, and I think if you get a chance, I think it's only $10. If you get a chance... I- 
I think everybody should play this game. It's very accessible. Yeah. Uh, you can you can turn on a mode where if you get hit, you don't get knocked back, which can sometimes throw you in pits or anything. So they're mm. doing everything to make this style of game accessible to as much as many people as possible. And it just it just touched me in a way that not too many games do. And I, I literally like had to finish it uh, as as soon as I possibly could. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful game. Sounds good. Sounds cool. I might have to check it out myself. It's great. You'll probably find it on like Steam sales or something like that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cheap. Um, did you did you get a chance to play any Metro? I played a very little bit of Metro. Um, my problem with Metro right now is that game is clearly made by a PC developer. Ooh, uh, yeah. So some of ironic. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, some of the shooting controls feel a little wonky on the sticks. Uh, there is a difference in the vertical sensitivity and the horizontal sensitivity. There's no way to change it. Uh, mm. so, and it's a, dr- it's a drastic difference. So if you just like twirl the stick, you can see it get like really slow when it goes over and then really fast when it goes to the side. So That's it's weird. really hard to shoot things which is a which is an important part of this game um i'm kind of i'm kind of debating waiting for a patch to play it again because i don't want that to mar the experience of the game because i i I hit a point that i'm just very interested and i want to be immersed in this atmosphere but i don't want it to be ruined for me because the controls have something wonky going on uh, I might go download one of the older metros to see if it's like that because they're on Game Pass, uh, and see if it's something that could possibly be fixed or something I might just have to fight through. Yeah, this might be a reason to get a PC. Mm, maybe. <laughs> it's always there's always a reason. There's always a reason to get a PC. Yeah. So uh, so I've been I've been playing a little Apex this week too, kind of fitting. I've that also in. I've also played some Apex today. Yeah, and they got uh, they got a new gun in new there. New gun. Have you used it? I have. It's called the the Havoc. Yeah, it's an assault rifle with energy based ammo. Yeah, and it has like a beam mode. Yeah, so the if the hop up fire, yeah, or the mods that you could pick up for some other guns, uh, drastically change the way this gun is used. So at first it's kind of weird because you have to hold down the trigger before it starts firing to charge it up. But then when it's when it's going, it's like full auto just beams and it'll it will it it can destroy people. Yeah. Um and then the turbocharger can also And you can Yeah, you can get a turbocharger that uh heavily decreases the amount of charge up time, but the interesting attachment is the select fire which Almost let you turn it into a sniper rifle. Yeah. And you turn you can turn it on or off, but you turn it on and then you hold down and it charges one really big beam. Uh and it's the game's first hit scan weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh so as long as your reticle is on your enemy, it will hit. There's no leading the target, none of that. Uh it seems really crazy. I haven't had too much time to use the the select fire mode but i'm hoping to get more time with it yeah it's a lot of fun i got some kills with it um the other was it last night maybe i think this is a good sign from respawn that they are uh 
into like quick updates, bringing new things. Like here's a new gun. I'm yeah. sure soon there's going to be a new character. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to compete with Fortnite in the way that it seems like they want to, they're going to have to be quick on those updates. Uh, right. And I hope that the engine is flexible enough to do that for them. Yeah. I'm, new gun. I'm, I, I was very excited about it. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah. We also had some data miners that dug into Apex Legends and found what could either be remnants of old ideas or possibly some upcoming things. They found a survival mode and they found solos and duos. I personally hope that at least the solos and duos are not real because to be honest with you, Something about this game has made me really like the idea that they force you to play as squads, which is funny because at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like that, but it works so well with the ping system and just the strategy around this game feels so focused on the idea of working together. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know how I feel about that, but um, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. I wouldn't mind if they had the duos because I think it keeps that. Uh working together nature going yeah um but maybe that's just because i have one person one friend that's online all the time that i play with so we're like squatting up with a stranger and it's usually it's usually fine but i had a couple games today that were pretty miss and it was (laughs) it was kind of kind of tough uh i'd be totally into a survival mode though that sounds awesome yeah and you know some people were speculating that maybe that is what the battle royale is yeah, they just changed the name because that's yeah. kind of the focus of the game. Um, but it could also be something new, um, and I'd be interested to see what that could become. Could be interesting. Oh, also, did you know that the Kraber sniper rifle mm-hmm. was named after one of the guys on the audio team? Did he make the sound for the sniper rifle? I have no they've... idea, but his name is Eric Kraber. They just thought that the sound he made for this sniper rifle was so good yeah. that we have to name this gun after you. Yeah, but interesting. anyway, I just thought that was an interesting fact. They shot it once and said, that's a Kraber right there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I thought so. And Apex is not the only Battle Royale type game that got a big update, quote unquote big. Um, Call of Duty got its grand heist operation. Yeah. Uh, for Battle Pass members, well, or what do they call it? Battle Pass, um, Black Ops Pass. For the Black Ops Pass members, yeah. Uh, you get a new character skin for Blackout, and it's um, it's a space monkey, like literally a space monkey in a spacesuit. Uh, you get who wouldn't two, want that? Who wouldn't want a space monkey? The hitbox looks crazy. And what does that have to do with a grand heist? Just I don't know. Don't don't <laughs> ask. Uh, there's a there's two new maps. One takes place in a casino, which falls in line with the theme, and one takes place in like a police precinct lockup. Which and those also are like the multiplayer maps, though, right? Those are the multiplayer maps. Yeah. Uh, and I think they added a new zombies experience. I'm not sure. I'm probably gonna jump into Black Ops this week and check it out. Yeah, I haven't I'm checked a it sucker out yet. Who bought the Blackout Black Ops pass? Yeah, but they also added loot boxes. Added loot boxes, man. Just, they they brought the um the black market back where you can go in there and buy what did they call them? They called them like like a 
requisition crates or something like that. Something they, like that. They avoided the word at all costs, but it is a loot box. Um, and that's unfortunate. We are still a little bit accepting of it in a free game, but I I'm still very don't accepting like of it, it in a free game. I still don't like it, but if it's done right, it's okay sometimes. Part of me says, like, hey, you have to make money somehow. I wish yeah. it was through, like, a store that I could just buy what I wanted uh, rather than the loot box system. But well, I mean, most it, of the games, a, I mean, game. like, yeah, like Apex has the loot boxes or the Apex packs, but they also have a store where you can buy what you want. Yeah. Um, but I'm still just not a big fan of the, hey, spend some money and we'll give you some random stuff. I just don't like that idea. Even so in free you, games, I don't like it, but I'm more accepting of it. Did you read into like how bad that the Black Ops thing got? No. So uh, originally when the game first launched, they released the Contraband tiers, which is kind of like a battle pass for Fortnite. So you play the game and you go up through the tiers. And in the tiers, there were 200 tiers for the season. Oh, I remember. Uh, were packs. Like requisition packs or something. Mm -hmm. And they gave you one random item. And the items that came out of the packs weren't anything special. There was one masterwork skin, which is the highest tier of camo you can get. It completely changes the look of the gun. I didn't even know they had camos that were called masterwork. Mastercraft, masterwork. It's one of those two. Okay. Uh, but there was, there was one of those in there, but nothing special. They changed it for the better for season two, uh, where. You had a hundred items that were not in packs that were dedicated to the theme of the season. Once you got through those 100, then the next 100 tiers were all those random packs or until you ran out of items to get from the packs. Yeah. So this season, they introduced kind of a new tier grinding system. So you played for like two hours and 10 minutes in game. Like, you had to be running around and shooting people, and you would get a requisition pack, which were the things that you used to get through the contraband stream mm -hmm. after playing for an hour. Uh, so already, this time increase has happened, but the really bad part is that they took away all the crates that you got over Tier 100. Hmm. So those people that got to Tier 100 last season and would keep getting crates every time they leveled up their contraband tier they were no longer getting those packs this hmm. season. So now they introduced the pack tier level up, which is separate from the contraband. It sounds complicated. It's because it is complicated and it's incredibly dumb. And I'm trying to explain it as simply as possible. But they also introduced a full-on loot crate, which you buy, you don't earn, and it gives you three random things. Mm -hmm. And you know what else is bad, Jordan? To get the to get the skins for the guns that drop out of the packs, you have to get the skins on a per gun basis. Mm. So it would only drop. Uh, these aren't guns from the game, but it would only drop on an AK-47. You can only use that special skin on KM an AK-47. Yeah, KN-74. That's what it was. Uh, so you couldn't use it on a swordfish. You couldn't use it on a sog. You had to use it on that specific gun. So now skins were taking places of extra drops on a per gun basis. So now you have another 30 extra things, which doesn't make any sense. 
I mean, it does from a money-making standpoint. It does from a money-making standpoint. A, that's right. Yeah, and that's that's kind of become the problem. Is is you know they released this game, um, in a in a pretty good state. I felt like, and and they kind of gained people's it. trust. People yeah. bought it, and then they kind of turned around and pulled the the bait and switch, and uh, that's not cool. So this story has a bit of a happy ending. Uh, after three three or four days of Grand Heist being ha- out, they released an update that added all of the the single item crates back to the tiers above 100 on the contraband sc- uh, stream. So you can now get those. And they decreased the time it took to earn a contraband crate from two hours to one hour. So they put everything back to normal. It's kind of better than it was before. The loot crates are still there to buy, but... They they fixed it. They fixed some of it. They just left so, a bad taste in everyone's mouth doing it. They they left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and it kind of like leads you to put on a tinfoil hat and say like maybe they meant to put a bad taste in people's mouth, and then they'd show them how good they were by taking it away. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. That's just not like Treyarch is the good Call of Duty studio, and these aren't the thoughts you want to have about them. Well, this is more of an Activision thing, I think. That's what that's what we would assume, but true. It's tough. Okay. I, I, got, I, I ranted about Call of Duty. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, there's also a new game. You, you, did you ever play Beat Saber? I didn't play Beat Saber. I'm not, a, I'm not into the VR. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, so I love Beat Saber. It's probably in my top three games of the year last year. I don't know where it places yet because I haven't thought about it too hard, but it's really good. It's really addictive. And it's it's just a blast. And there's a new game by Harmonix, the guys who did Guitar Hero. Or no, I'm sorry. I think they did Rock Band. Um, and it's called Autica. Uh, it comes out like in less than two weeks, March 7th. And it's basically Beat Saber with guns in VR. And it looks it looks sick. So Beat Saber was the game where you had to like rhythmically like slash swords to music. Was that what that one? Yeah, like the lightsabers. So this one's like shoot guns to music. Yeah. And all right. It all looks right. it looks really cool. I've I've seen um I've heard some people talk about it who have actually gotten some time with it and I've heard nothing but good things. So that's got me that excited. Sounds, that um, sounds all right. So I'm gonna be picking that up when it comes out on cool. March seventh and I'm gonna be checking that out. So that that looks really cool. Uh that sounds exciting. Um something not not something not so exciting. Uh we had some good Nintendo news last week with the direct. Uh, this week we have a little bit of sad Nintendo news. Uh, Reggie Fizeme, who was the head of Nintendo of America, the American branch, uh, he has announced that he's retiring from Nintendo. And I'm a I'm a bit sad. I think a lot of people are sad about this one. Reggie is such a presence for Nintendo and on the Nintendo stage. Uh, especially during directs or when they were doing press conferences at E3. Reggie was always, he seemed like the calmest guy in the room just by the cadence of his voice. Uh, And he would just give us awesome Nintendo games and he would be the one to tell us about it. So Reggie has this like firmly rooted uh, thoughts and minds kind of thing behind Nintendo. Yeah. When I when I think Nintendo, I think Reggie in part. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only a, a handful of like 
uh, of guys that you think of, like actual names that you think of associated with with big companies like that in the gaming industry? Like Phil Spencer, Sean Layden. Yeah, exactly. Those are that's, probably the top three about between it. them and um, and Reggie. And yeah, you know, so a lot of people are sad to see him go, but it's kind of bittersweet. You know, he's going to spend more time with his family. He's been uh, at Nintendo for 50 or he's been in his current position as president, I think, for 15 years. And um, yeah, but it, it's it leaves the question, you know, what what is next? What are we going to see happen with Nintendo? Uh, uh, next is next is Doug Bowser. Yeah, who is the new president of Nintendo of America? And you couldn't ask for a better name. Well, if he you were going to be, be in. Yeah, April. he will be. When, yeah. yeah, you couldn't. You're right. That's pretty great. It's pretty good. So there's also um, a rumor from Direct Feed Games on YouTube uh, that Game Pass will be coming to Nintendo Switch um, with uh, their Project X Cloud game streaming service that uh, Microsoft has been kind of teasing for a while now. Um, it also includes coming to mobile as well as I, I believe PC is included in that where you could actually stream all of the games on Game Pass um, and theoretically any Xbox game uh, to your all your devices. Uh, so I believe this is probably connected to the story that came out, I think, two weeks ago, three weeks ago about the Xbox division giving the Xbox Live SDK to uh, Apple for iPhone and Android and Nintendo uh, to be able to use the Xbox Live services on those devices. This seems pretty like it's a pretty sure thing. There's been a lot of rumblings going on about Xbox working with Nintendo. There was that time at the Xbox press conference when they were talking about Minecraft and crossplay mm -hmm. where they literally showed a switch on the Xbox press conference stage. So Microsoft and Nintendo have been pretty friendly. And what a what a value if you can take this streaming service and put it onto iPhones, put it onto Android, and put it onto the Nintendo Switch. And you can have games uh, that you can play from your bedroom now, as long as your Wi-Fi is strong enough that you would never be able to if yeah. your Xbox was in another room. Just another uh, reason for me to get a Switch. Another reason to get a Switch, because <laughs> we are both Game Pass members. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy my Game Pass thoroughly. I, I've played many games from it, and I would love to play those games from the comfort of my bedroom, uh, or for the comfort of my bed. And uh, there's also been talks about, these are probably more loose, loosely and not as confirmable, but there have been talks about Microsoft actually putting content on the Nintendo eShop platform. Yeah, I think Ori and the Blind Forest is rumored to uh, be uh, be published on the Nintendo Switch eShop. What a what a crazy world we live in. Yeah, for sure. That two of the giants are rumored to be getting together. Yeah. Uh, and what a weird place it leaves Sony. Yeah. Um, who has kind of struggled a little bit from perceptibly a customer service position when it came to the crossplay uh stuff and when you look at the way xbox is treating its consumers it just it they're just like two different companies almost yeah uh personally and i wonder where it leaves sony if all this comes true 
uh, because it seems like the Nintendo Xbox thing would be mutually beneficial for both of them. And Microsoft seems to be on a tirade to get the Xbox brand on as many boxes as possible. So if I hook up my Roku TV stick to the back of my TV, could I have an Xbox app on it? Yeah. Uh, If I use my Apple TV, could I have an Xbox app on it that will use their streaming service to deliver games from Game Pass uh, to anywhere in the house? We this is a crazy situation and I I just can't wait to see the conclusion. Yeah, for sure. Or the beginning of the conclusion. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy because, you know, Sony's kind of on a on a high horse right now um, with they've you know, they've sold like I think they just hit 94 million units. It's a bonkers number. They're they're going to break 100. Yeah. And so they just feel I think they just feel like they're untouchable right now. And it's it's going to come back and bite them, I think. But um, I'm really excited about what Xbox and Nintendo are doing. Xbox uh, Microsoft has also announced earlier this month um, that they're going to be officially supporting uh, Xbox Live services that can be integrated into Nintendo Switch titles on the Switch as well, which is exciting mm-hmm. to see given Nintendo's uh, current state of their online service. And um, lack of achievements, really. Just give me some achievements, mm-hmm. Nintendo. And, and from what I understand, this will come with that. You'll be yeah, able to get that'd be great. Achievements and, and have your friends lists and parties and all that stuff integrated on your Nintendo Switch, which is it's just a great idea. It doesn't seem like a lose for anybody, really. That yeah. seems like just a great customer benefit of being a Nintendo Switch owner or an Xbox owner yeah, or a PC sure. owner because PC players have Game Pass too and now you can buy a cheaper system to play Game Pass on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's also some rumors that came out about uh, E3 this year that Microsoft would be announcing possibly two Xbox consoles. Um, and the rumor, I think, even gets so specific that they'd be out by the end of 2020 alongside Halo Infinite. That's a big deal. It is. Of course, Halo. it's just a rumor. But um, Halo obviously is Microsoft's biggest franchise still. Uh, and there were there were talks about it coming out this year, but that's definitely not going to happen because Gears 5 is this year. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to put your two juggernauts against each other. Um. But this is good news for everybody just because of the Halo Infinite launch because yeah. everybody gets to play that PC. Uh, Game Pass members get to play that. Yeah, and for those who uh, may not know, I am the world's biggest Halo fan. I mean, yeah. Halo is my game and always has been. It's probably my number one favorite game of all time. Jordan feels about Halo the way Evan feels about Mass Effect. Yes. Uh, and I'm excited about new Xbox consoles. I... I'm a very proud and vocal owner of an Xbox One X. I really enjoy that system. I really think that Phil Spencer has, with the help of his people behind him, obviously, turned that ship around from the Don Matrick days of plugging TV boxes into the back of it so you can use your Xbox to watch TV. That's so stupid. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, I bought an Xbox One from the from the jump and it was a mistake because playstation really knocked it out of the park when they came out yeah but then xbox slowly started making decisions that were consumer friendly and consumer focused like uh backwards compatibility they did not have to do yeah uh backwards compatibility for some original xbox games they did not have to do Mm -hmm. the xbox 
And it, and it was such a polar opposite of what we experienced at E3 when they announced the Xbox One. Um, you know, it's like, I think everybody was really disappointed in uh, some of the anti-consumer decisions they had made. Yep. And uh, so it's just really cool to see. Uh, and I can't be more excited about the prop. I wonder if they'll do like a high tier, low tier box. Yeah, that's what the rumor does actually specify that there will be uh, a very a, a very powerful console. I guess kind of similar to how we have now with an Xbox One and Xbox One X. They'll just launch us alongside each other, um, which is interesting. Uh, but they also, I think it even specifies that Halo Infinite will launch on both those consoles as well as the Xbox One. So it'll actually be on all three, um, which is I'm interesting. Because I'm, they've already started the initiative of carrying all the accessories forward. So your Xbox One controllers will presumably work with the new Xboxes that come next. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine them not doing that. They've backed it so much. We can presume that all Xbox One games will be playable on the next Xbox system. Uh they've been so much of a presence in the backwards compatibility scene that I, I don't see them backing down from that now. Um and the way that again the way that Microsoft has been treating their their consumers it just seems like this is going to be a big launch for them. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be really good. I really wonder if they've been looking at like the numbers for the sales of the S since the X come, came out, and they're just comparable enough that they're like, maybe, maybe we'll just release both, see what happens, because we usually get hammered on our price point anyway. So what if we release a high-tier box for a bit of a premium price for those who care, and then a low tier box that does all of the same things because we've proven we can do it with the one S and the one X. So what if we just do that and and see how it goes? What if we release a box for three hundred dollars and five hundred dollars? Yeah, is, is price points that are conceivable. You're right. That will that will just have so much support uh, from families who want to get their kids game consoles from people who care about quote-unquote power in their machines uh and people who don't want to build their own machines like me who just want a, a thing that comes in a box and yeah. and works and and functions and gives me friend systems and achievements and all that uh they are aiming directly at me and a lot of others with the rumors that are coming out right now yeah i'm excited clearly yeah me too so how's that beer uh it was a perfectly drinkable beer. Um, there was nothing remarkable about it. Uh, I didn't really get the honey that they said was supposed to come through. Uh, it was easily drinkable. It came down pretty easy, but uh, even now I kind of can't remember anything notable about it. Yeah, so uh, would you recommend it? Um. If you have people that are a little more picky about beers, I would probably recommend it because it is really easy to get down. There's nothing crazy about it that people wouldn't like. Uh, like I said, perfectly drinkable. Um, probably not something that I would go out of my way to get again. But yeah. if it was offered to me, I, I'd drink it. I'd drink it for sure. Okay. Uh, how, how was the, the Vienna Lager? It was delicious as always. As always, comes it, highly recommended. Uh, from it's me. so crisp. 
Yeah. And I just have you love visited the, the caramel flavors in there? Have you visited Devil's Backbone? I'm not. It's really beautiful. I have to. I have to make a point to go out there sometime. There's a whole uh kind of mountain trail that goes through devil's backbone and bold rock uh there's a brewery called wild wolf which i highly recommend they're great uh there's a lot of good stuff up there i recommend going uh out that way if you ever get the chance yeah i think that's it for us for this week uh be sure to uh check back next week for more um Thank you so much to everyone that took the time to listen. Be sure to follow uh, us on Twitter at Button Key Games, uh, and I'm at Jordan Button Key, and he is at Evan Button Key. And uh, we really appreciate it. We hope that you check us out again. And also be sure to send us your questions, buttonkey.games. You can go in there. There is a contact form you can fill out and go ahead and shoot us questions that we may, uh, may be able to read on the show.